0: The Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast.
1: The digital daggers were drawn long before Russian missiles started slamming into Kiev. And the threat of a cyber war taking casualties beyond Ukraine is well understood, particularly in the maritime sector, where, let's face it, cybersecurity is still not what it should be. The Ukraine conflict has already led to spoofing and satellite jamming in the Black Sea region. And much more is expected. Let's not forget that the infamous NotPetya ransomware incident, known to shipping as the Mersk cyber attack, began as a Russian assault on Ukraine that spiralled out of control. Cybersecurity was a major risk factor for shipping before war broke out in Europe. Now it needs to be a priority for everyone. Reliable data is understandably thin, but we know that there has been a sharp rise in cyber attacks that are now moving well beyond mere opportunistic ransomware scams. The threat posed by the lone wolf hacker seems quaint in an era of cyber warfare, where much of the damage being caused to systems comes with a digital footprint of nation-states. But the industry's rush to digitalize in the name of efficiency and integration has not been matched by a willingness to invest in the security required to protect operations from this growing cyber threat. As part of a new special report on cybersecurity and shipping out this week, Lloyd's List conducted a cyber survey, which, given the events happening around us, you really need to read. One of the most alarming figures coming out of that survey was the conclusion that only around a quarter of respondents feel that the industry is doing enough to spread awareness for the cyber threat. Shipping is still not taking cybersecurity seriously enough. So, to discuss some of the takeaways from the survey and the context of Shipping's lack of preparedness for an attack, we've drafted in a trio of cyber experts for the podcast this week. Lloyd's List Deputy Editor Linton Nightingale spoke to Bill Edgerton, Cyber Chief Officer at Cyber Insurer Astara, uh, the Chief Executive of Cyber Owl, Daniel Ng, and the regular voice on the podcast when it comes to all things cyber, Mr. Lars Jensen, Chief Executive of Vespucci Maritime. Given that the headline threat in everyone's mind this week is obviously Russia, we need to look at two aspects here. The likelihood of a cyber attack happening as a result of the Ukraine conflict, and what the impact would be if it happens. So let's start with the big attack that everyone knows about, the Mersk attack in 2017, where it's worth reminding listeners that nobody actually attacked Mersk. Russia attacked the state of Ukraine, and several thousand companies got hit as collateral damage. So that's what can happen, even if you're not a direct target of an attack. According to Lars Jensen, the prospect of a repeat event is pretty high given the current security risk. But the difference between what happened in 2017 and what could happen now is huge.
0: There is a very, very real risk going forward with the crisis between Ukraine and all the NATO countries that Russia will strike back at the NATO countries with cyber attacks. This is not just something that is coming up of my imagination. This is something that has been warned explicitly about by cyber authorities in the US in UK, in Canada, even here in Denmark, where you had the UK cyber command already been out also saying that they have already seen activity on the Russian side, similar to the activity before the attack that happened uh, back in 2017. So the likelihood of something like this happening is most certainly there. The second part is then, what would the potential impact be? Because if we think in 2017, we had the world's largest container line taken completely down for a week, and it took several weeks before everything worked normally. What was the impact on the supply chain? Nothing. Sure, if you were one of the unlucky customers that had cargo moving with Musk, yes, everything got delayed and everything was pretty difficult for a period of time. But seen from a global perspective, nothing really happened. We had an industry that is enormously resilient in that respect. Fast forward to now. Now is a very, very different situation. We have zero slack in the supply chain right now. Every conceivable vessel that can sail is out sailing and they're chock-a-block full. Most ports and terminals around the world are completely hopelessly congested. Uh, this is the, the all the aftermaths of the pandemic that we've now been struggling with for two years. So, whereas back in 2017, we could effectively remove a lot of capacity for a week, and it didn't really make a dent in the supply chain, today it's a completely different kettle of fish. Again, just purely hypothetically here, assume two or three major container terminals are successfully attacked. If they have done that job well, they will be up and running again, let's say, within three, four, five days. But take some of the major terminals and the heavy congestion you already experience now and take them offline for three, four, five days. And we have a problem that is very, very large because we have no slack to pick this up at all. Is it potentially likely that you can take down a terminal? Of course it is. I mean, just last year in 2021, we had some of the South African terminals subjected to a cyber attack not saying those were the russians but just to illustrate it can be done just yesterday so we are talking here on wednesday so yesterday tuesday you had a successful cyber attack against one of the terminals in india again that is not saying that that was necessarily the russians but it is absolutely within the realm of the possible that this happens
1: according to daniel Eng from cyber owl while the risk of an attack to vessels specifically is obviously still there the really targeted activity is changing on the port and shore side. So, the main cause for concern right now is going to be collateral damage again.
2: The problem with collateral damage is that we are quite far behind now in terms of security in the sector. And so, just to give you one anecdote, um, with one of our customers a few weeks ago, uh, we found evidence of nation state malware on a number of their vessels across the fleet. And um, it was difficult to know how long that nation state malware had been sitting on those vessels because we found it at the point we searched on our systems and we weren't able to look backwards. And assuming that could have been there for you know, a, a couple of years because that was when that specific malware was active. That means these things are on systems, on board vessels, whether active or dormant, and it's a case of waiting for somebody to activate them. So I think we're a little bit late for trying to block things out now. I think the measure, um, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, we should absolutely keep doing that, but I think the measure we've got to go for now Um, specifically in response to this escalation, is to get more visibility of our systems on board the vessel, so that assuming there is already infiltration in place, um, we can at least act to reduce the losses and damages as a result of it.
1: Given the scale and the visibility of the threat, this is after all now mainstream news, you would assume that the industry would be ready. You would, of course, be wrong. According to the Lloyd's List Cyber Risk Survey published this week and available to subscribers via lloydslist.com, only one quarter of the industry feels enough is being done to spread awareness, while just two thirds have knowledge of measures in place if online systems are compromised. Worryingly, these results did not surprise any of our experts this week. As star as Bill Egerton suggests that there are still companies out there who think that cyber attacks. Are something that happened to other bigger companies
3: uh, i think the larger companies most of whom have already suffered some kind of cyber event are taking this risk very seriously now and um, have learned the hard way that you can't nickel and dime uh, investment in cybersecurity. security and uh, but i think that has come at enormous cost i think that a lot of these companies uh Don't necessarily have enough resource. What they've got is okay, but they don't have enough resource to do all they need to do. And I think there is some uh, uh, belief that uh, smaller companies feel that they are too small to be noticed, which of course uh, is a uh, failure to appreciate that, you know, whether you're large or small, if you're on the internet, you're a target. So I think that, you know, there is more, there's always more that can be done. And I think the concern is not necessarily that it's about you know spending lots of money i think the important thing is to spend money wisely and i think those are different equations so uh it it doesn't surprise me it depresses me a bit but i think it's very much contingent on organizational size and sophistication rather than a general blanket ignorance i think the the aggregate number hides a number of subtleties beneath it
1: it's not all bad news though Daniel Ng says that despite the survey results, there are some encouraging signs that the industry is now finally waking up to the threat.
2: From where I'm sitting, it feels like even just as recently as sort of 18 months ago, we were having a lot of discussions about why do we even need to protect our vessels and the shipping companies. And that conversation has moved along quite a bit now to we accept we have to do it. How do we best do it? And how do we make smarter decisions around protecting our systems? So I think we've matured quite a bit. Um, Can we do more? Absolutely. And I think a lot of what we can do more is around just being smarter around choices, because there's a lot of noise uh, in uh, maritime cybersecurity at the moment. And actually, we need to take sort of good um, sensible steps to build up the whole sector and raise the tide, which requires some smarter choices.
1: As with other questions of digitalization in this industry, according to Lars Jensen, standardisation is part of the problem. Lars believes fundamentally there is still a grey area in defining exactly what constitutes a cyber attack, an issue that's obviously not confined solely to shipping, but one that we desperately need to get to grips with quickly.
0: To one person, a cyber attack is something massive, like the attack on, say, MERSC or CMA, CGM. To another person, receiving a mail with a phishing link constitutes a cyber attack. We, We are lacking common ground in terms of even understanding what are we talking about. That in itself leads me to the point, are we doing enough to spread awareness? In my view, we are not even doing enough in getting a common understanding of what is the problem. Whether the industry as a whole has begun to take this more serious, I am not necessarily that optimistic. Can you find companies that have definitely raised the bar? Yes, you can. Uh, Companies that have been subjected to these cyber attacks definitely have uh, raised it internally. The the best way to learn, learn a harsh lesson is to be subjected to it, obviously. I am more concerned if you talk about the industry in more wider terms, because whereas you can certainly find high profile companies that are doing a lot, I am much more concerned about the the industry as a whole, where I still see more talk than actual action. That point about the industry's lack of
1: readiness to deal with an attack was borne out by our survey. Again, if you're listening to this as a Loyalist subscriber, pause here and check out the report because it's got some invaluable insights, definitely worth reading. But the data reveals that a third of those who took part in the survey were either unaware of company processes in light of an attack or did not have any measures in place at all. Just as significant is how only half of our respondents said that their company offers training on cybersecurity.
2: This is not a surprise um, because this is what we see on the ground as well. But the second to say, thing to say is that if you actually look into the nuances of this, the reality is the two thirds that have measures in place for cyber risk management, a lot of what they mean is documentation in place for cyber risk management. And if you try to run an actual drill of those processes to see whether they have actually been implemented or not, never mind implemented effectively or not. Um, I think you'll find in many, 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 many of those cases, uh, the documentation doesn't really reflect reality at all um, on the ground or out at sea. So I think we've done a very good job of putting documents in place in order to rapidly meet the requirements of IMO 2021. I don't think the implementation of this has either been done or been done even to the specifications of those documents yet. And so as a sector, we need to go slightly further and work out how best we get to the point of actually doing the things we say we're doing. And if we do, then actually as a sector, we've got, we've come a long way from a security standpoint. The final highlight I wanted
1: to raise from the Lloyd's List survey was that one in 10 people said their company had fallen victim to a cyber attack. Now, that's worrying, but depending on how you
0: categorize such things, it's probably a case of massive underreporting. In essence, this should be 100%. You will not find a single person around the world that has not been subjected to a cyber attack within recent years. But then we come back to what constitutes a cyber attack. We are lacking a common vocabulary, because if you really include everything, then it is 100%. But if you then screen out, I was about to say, some of these stupid things like the automatic mails from the Prince of Nigeria with a phishing link, then sure, the number of uh, cyber attacks go down significantly. Uh, The second thing is, as a regular employee, you will certainly notice it if your company is subjected to a major cyber attack that shuts down everything, obviously. But if your company is subjected to a cyber attack that only compromises a tiny portion of your service. This might be something that's only known, for example, in the IT department, but not in the wider company. And there we shall leave it for another week. Don't forget,
1: if you're not already a List subscriber, you really should be. For all the best news, opinion, analysis, not just in marine insurance and cyber, but across the maritime industries, you can get our best deals via loyalist.com subscription. A reminder that the Lloyd's List Cyber Survey is now online alongside our special report on cyber security. And if that's not enough, we also have a webinar next month on March 24th in partnership with our sister publication, Insurance Day, looking at the cyber threat to maritime and the insurance industry's response. Details of how to register are available on both our websites. Thank you very much for listening.